In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today is what's called in the church Refreshment Sunday. It's the fourth Sunday of Lent. And in the old days, well, not in the old days, even today, all of you have been keeping all your Lenten disciplines every day. You've been saying all your prayers. You have been reading the biblical scriptures on a daily basis. You've given up chocolate. You've given up red meat. You've given up all sorts of things for Lent, and you're keeping it as fully as you possibly can. In the old days, people used to do that in a very serious way, and the church in her wisdom decided that people needed a break. They needed a break one Sunday during Lent, and so they created the Sunday called Refreshment Sunday. And on Refreshment Sunday in the old church, they would take the purple vestments out and they would put pink vestments in. So if we were there, we would have pink vestments instead of the purple vestments to remind people that this is Refreshment Sunday. This is Give You a Break Sunday. And in order to uh, be able to remind people of it, they used to serve a fruitcake, a special kind of fruitcake on Refreshment Sunday to help you ease out, out of your way, ease you out of the fast. In some places, it's called Laughing Sunday, and it's called Laughing Sunday because uh, it's a reminder about God's joke beating the devil because we have eternal life. So they call it Laughing Sunday. And in some other places, it's called Lighten Up Sunday. Probably pretty good prescription for Washington, D.C. Lighten Up Sunday. And Lighten Up Sunday was precisely that. Whatever you've been doing in Lent, it's a good thing. You've given up all sorts of things, that's a good thing. You've taken up prayer, that's a good thing. You're reading the Bible, that's a good thing. But don't take yourself so seriously. Do not take yourself so seriously, because when all is said and done, it's not about you, it's about God. It's not about you alone, it's about what God empowers you to do. It's about God's action in the world. Today we're reminded of this Refreshment Sunday by having the two lessons for the Sunday from uh, the John's Gospel uh, 316, you remember the football days in the NFL where they would have signs up there? 316, they didn't even have to spell it out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that all who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What good news, don't you think so? What good thing to hear on Refreshment Sunday. Over the last three Sundays of Lent, the lessons have been tough. The first Sunday of Lent, you remember, we dealt with the temptations, the devil and the temptations. The second Sunday of Lent, get behind me, Satan, uh, Jesus sa says to Peter. The third Sunday, tough lessons, all very tough lessons. And then today, we are giving lessons to remind us what's at the core of the gospel, what is exactly at the core of the gospel to refresh us, to let us lighten up, to rejoice, to be glad, to hear one more time what God has done for us, to be reminded of it in the middle of Lent. The lesson for today from the epistle to the Ephesians is Paul's magnum opus. The second chapter of the epistle to the Ephesians is Paul's magnum opus, and it comes to us in the form of almost like a symphony, a four-movement symphony. It's our symphony for today. And in it, Paul approaches all of us with four specific parts, inviting us to remember, to remember what this is all about, that it's about nothing you have done, but it's all about God's grace. And Paul begins it by making an announcement to you. I don't know to whom else Paul is speaking in this, but he says, very beginning, it's almost like Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, 
da-da-da-da. And he says, you were dead. You might react and say, I'm not dead, I'm alive. And Paul says, no, 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 no. We're not talking about your physical death. We're talking about your spiritual death. Whether you have separated yourself by God by deficiency or just by uh, being lazy or whatever reason you have separated yourself from God. Without God, you are dead. Now, I don't know how that plays with atheists. I have a lot of atheist friends. I have a great deal of respect for all my atheist friends. But I want to tell you, my atheist friends are evangelical. Have you ever encountered an evangelical atheist? I run into them all the time. They're always trying to tell me about all the things that are wrong about the faith. I'm not trying to convince them of anything, but I'm trying to, uh, to be um, neighborly, to be a good person around them, not to get caught up in a religious uh, warfare, but rather to be able to live together. If you want to be an atheist, go ahead and be an atheist. But Paul's not talking to atheists. Paul is talking to you and to me as a reminder today of where we stand in light of God. He says, without God, you are dead. Whether you separated yourself from God by intention or not by intention, you are dead without God. And that's the first movement. It's almost like one of Mozart's movement and uh, and one of his uh, pieces, you know, very solemn, very, very solemn. And then all of a sudden comes the second movement of this great, great symphony. And he says, he gives us a very important theological word, which I want you to always remember, this theological word, right in the middle of it, as they're telling us that you are dead without God. He says, but, a very important theological word, but. Remember, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Paul is saying, you were dead without God, whether you left God for whatever reason or however it was that you separated yourself from God. But God, in God's mercy, has saved you by God's grace. It's a second movement of the symphony of this Refreshment Sunday. It's a reminder to all of us. Why are we gathered here? Because God's grace has called us here. Because God has, God's own grace has saved each and every one of us. Whatever it is that has brought us here, somewhere along the line, we had the experience of God. And that experience of God keeps bringing us back over and over and over to be able to hear those wonderful words, by God's grace, you have been saved. It's nothing you've ever done. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't do anything to get it. It's all absolutely the free gift of God. It's all about God's grace. Always remember this. God initiates, we respond. God acts, we react. And the way that God relates to us, he says, I'm doing it. I'm doing all the work. It's by grace that I am able to save you, not by anything that you have done. And we are reminded of that today on Refreshment Sunday. The great good news, the core value of the gospel, the most important thing in the gospel, that it is by God's grace that you and I have been saved. You can't create any worth for yourself. God's created the worth. All you have to do is acknowledge it. 
All you have to do is remember that you are in a relationship with God. And God tends to come of us, I think, in the hard moments of life. I was watching a, a show on a channel called CMT, which I think stands for Country Music Something, right? What's a T? Thank you. Country Music. Anyway, I'm watching this show on country music, and there's a guy, a singer for a country music, a musician, who's talking about his faith in this particular interview. And uh, he's talking about his faith, and he's going on about his faith and so on. He starts describing what happened to him, how he lost his way, etc. You know the usual story, how he lost his way, etc., etc. Started drinking, and he was doing drugs, and a lot of that. And then he said, and I'll never forget this, he said, and there I was lying in the linoleum of my kitchen. I love that phrase. Lying, lying in the linoleum of my kitchen, and I was completely lost. And I said, I've lost it. I am gone. I'm out of here. And then he said, and then God came and saved me. God rescued me. God is a rescuer. God is a savior. Jesus' name means the Lord saves us. The Lord rescues us. The God, the God of, our, of grace comes to you in the hard moments of life. Charlie Price, who was a professor that I had at uh, Virginia Theological Seminary, always, always reminded all of us of this, that at the breaking point of our life, whenever we have a breaking point of our life, that is what will allow the breakthrough of the Holy Spirit into our lives. He kept saying that the breaking point of our lives, the breakthrough is God's grace. Whatever the breaking point of your life has been, whatever it is, Whatever it's going to be, at that breaking point, there's going to be a breakthrough. And that's the power of God calling you forward and telling you, I will save you. I will rescue you. I will be your salvation. You think that's good news, don't you? It has nothing to do with all that discipline we've been keeping. It has nothing to do with saving yourself. It's all about God, and it's all about God's grace on Refreshment Sunday. So we have two movements. The first one, Paul reminds us, without God, you're dead. But God, in God's mercy, has saved you. And then comes the third part of the movement. Not only has God saved you, but God promises to be with you all the way to eternity all the way to eternal life. Now, I prefer to think of eternal life not about the length of life, but perhaps more so about the quality of the life that we live. After all, you know, we're all going to leave our marks on the canvas of eternity, as the poet once wrote. Now, you're going to leave a mark on the canvas of eternity <clears throat> uh, one way or another, and what we want to try to do is to leave a good mark on the canvas of eternity. And God says, you can leave your mark on the canvas of eternity because I promise to be with you throughout eternity. I've been with you from the very beginning. I'm with you in the present. And I will be with you into the future. I will never let you go. I will be with you through everything in life. That's the promise of God. That's the third movement that God promises us, to be with us throughout all of our lives, all the way to eternity, because God has been with us before, is with us now, and will be with us forever. I don't know if that sounds like good news to you, but it sounds like good news to me. I've said this a million and one times here at St. John's Church in my 24 years at St. John's Church, so I'll say it a million and one more times. 
And that is this, that what God offers us is maximum support, but minimum protection. God always offers us maximum support, but absolutely no protection. When God saves us and promises to be with us, does God say, and now that you are saved, you will never have another problem in your life? No. Did God say, now that you are saved, you will never have any pain in your life? No. Did God say, now that you've been saved, you will never have any issues in your life? No. All that God does is to promise to stand by us. Promises us to support us without giving us any protection. Because I think that protection tends to make people, tends to make cowards out of people. And God does not want any cowards. And what God offers us is maximum support, but minimum protection. And then we get to the fourth movement of this magnificent symphony. You were dead without God, but God and God's grace has saved you. And God promises to be with you to the end of your days. And finally, the fourth movement. God does all of this because God has prepared good works for you to do. I think it was Henry Ford who said that uh, history is just one damned event after another. Not so. Every moment, every action, every day is important to God. What you do today is important to God. What we do as a community today is important to God. Everything we do is important to God. And there is a purpose to history. There is a purpose to our life. There is a purpose to everything that we do. And God has prepared that for us. God has prepared for that, us for that because God has prepared good things for us to do. Now, mind you, we are not, God's not telling us do these good things to earn worth. God is saying, do them in, because of the grace that I have given you, the abundant grace that I have given you. I'll tell you this story about my time at St. Paul's Church in Patterson, New Jersey. And in Patterson, New Jersey, we, sorry, we, in our parish house, we had a shelter for homeless men uh, for, uh, for 40 guys every night. And while we were there, we were a small congregation, so other congregations would sign up to take over one night. So different congregations came on one night to minister uh, with the people who were gathered there. And I want to tell you, too, there were two very distinct groups who came to that shelter. There were people who came there because they had experienced God's grace, and they knew it was their task and their joy to pass God's grace along to everybody else. And they wanted to do it because they had experienced God, and they wanted somebody to have the graceful experience of God. And then there were those who came because it was their bounden duty to do this service. And what it created when they were doing their bounden duty, as our prayer book says, when they were doing their bounden duty, it created dichotomy. If you were doing it because of God's grace, it was subject to subject, subject acting on a subject, people dealing with each other as equals before God. But if you're doing it as your bounden duty, it's subject to object, and the object recognizes that you're the subject and they don't like it. So invariably, in the middle of the night, I would get a call at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning, and someone would call me up and they would say, you need to come down to the shelter, there's trouble right here in River City. 
I need you to come and talk to the people who are gathered here because we've got problems. The people who are sleeping here are all upset because they feel it, that people are doing their duty. That's not what God is calling us to do. What God has prepared for us is good works to do because you and I have experienced grace. And it is your task, and it is your ministry, and it is my ministry, and it is our ministry to pass the grace of God along to somebody else that they too may know about the mercy of God. It's a great symphony on Refreshment Sunday. I think I like to be reminded what this is all about. And Paul reminds me of the core value of the gospel. Without God, I am a dead man. But God, who is gracious, has saved me by God's grace, has been with us and has been with me throughout all of the events of my life, preparing for us the good deeds, the good works, that you and I may go forward to proclaim the powerful work of God, that we may be able to proclaim the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God on this Refreshment Sunday, so others may know about it, may feel it, may experience it, and know that salvation comes from God. Amen.